It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part two of the mailbag with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Camarado. He says, in the interest of full disclosure, R.E. Scott's pushing for a trade for Watson or Dak. I'd like to know whether at the time it was happening, you were pushing for the Jets to sign any of the following. So let's go through this, Chris. First of all, before we get to this, I think he's referring to A, obviously, both of us talking about how the Jets should trade for Deshaun Watson, but B, me saying that the Jets should absolutely call and try to see what it would take to get Dak Prescott if the Cowboys are willing to discuss a deal. And the deal that I posed on Twitter last week was Dak Prescott and the number 10 pick for number 2 and number 23. It would be a pick swap from 10 to 2 and then number 23. The pick swap would be the equivalent in value of the number 10 overall pick. So Dallas would get the equivalent of number 10 and number 23 for Dak. They would have the number 2 pick so they could go and get the quarterback of their choice that isn't Trevor Lawrence. It would help them get out of cap hell and get themselves a blue chip quarterback prospect. And for the Jets, it would give them a proven top 10 quarterback who is only two years older than Deshaun Watson. Granted, they would have to pay him, and he's not as good as Watson, but still, as I said, a top 10 guy. So before we get into the players that he's going to throw in here, I posted that on Twitter, and it got an exact 50-50 response, which was surprising because very rarely is it that tight. I want to know what you think about this. I didn't bring it up on the podcast with you last week. I did bring it up on the show just to try and drive people to vote, but I didn't want to talk about it with you until we had the results. What do you think about that deal as a potential deal before we even move into the guys that he throws in here? Not not only am I taking that deal, not only am I baffled that it's 50-50 to take that deal, I would take I would do that deal without the Cowboys giving the tenth overall pick. I you tell me it's gonna cost uh two those two first round picks and I'm gonna get that Dak Prescott for it. I'm not I'm not hesitating. There's zero hesitation. I, this Dak is is becoming one of the most uh frustrating players to talk about because there's this huge Gulf, just like an absolute Grand Canyon-sized chasm here, and uh, the way that people view him, he is so much better than people think that he is. The fifty percent of you who voted against that trade, you 
you are severely underestimating how much uh, how good that uh, Prescott is, how much value there is to him. For those that to be it, just two and twenty three. I'm doing that every time. I'm zero hesitation. And if you're going to, I, I'm, I'll be happy to take that tenth pick back, but I don't need it. I obviously agree with you in terms of how good Dak is and how, for some reason, he gets disrespected. I think a lot of it, it's the Kirk Cousins thing, where he wasn't supposed to be as good as he turned out to be. And so a lot of people just don't want to give him that credit. And a lot of people never moved off that early narrative, which is that he was surrounded by elite talent and he was just a product of the system. But look at what he did in 2019. Look at what he did in 2020 before he went out. And then look at what happened to the Cowboys after he was gone. And by the way, Andy Dalton was one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. And Dallas was still terrible without Dak Prescott. So I think people are very much selling him short. But here are the guys that he throws in here. First of all, he says Kirk Cousins. Okay, number one, Kirk Cousins at the time, 100% I thought was the right move when you consider that A, the Jets were picking sixth at that moment. So you had no idea if any of the quarterbacks that you wanted would be available, and if so, which ones. Turns out if they wanted Darnold or Mayfield, they weren't going to be able to get one of them at number six. I don't think they would have drafted Allen. They probably would have gotten Josh Rosen. Either way, you're talking about a guy who didn't work out. So the question becomes, should the Jets have gone after a guy who was a proven quarterback, not as good as Dak Prescott, but still a very good quarterback, very good but not elite, who they would have been able to get for just money, not having to use any draft picks or trade anything, or go into that draft at number six, not knowing who could potentially follow them. Now, they eventually weren't able to get Cousins, and they had to trade three very valuable second-round picks to go up and get a quarterback who didn't work out. So I would say that if you look at it, there's no question that the Jets would have been better the last three years with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. I find it very hard to argue that that would have been the case. As far as whether they'd be in a better spot long term, that's hard to say because as Chris and I were talking about before we started recording, you don't know what the moves would have been around Kirk Cousins, perhaps it would have forced an earlier firing of McCagnan and Bowles. Maybe Adam Gase doesn't get hired. Who's the new GM? How well does he do at drafting? Who does he bring in as a free agent? There's so many questions that go into it that you can't answer, but I find it very difficult to believe that this team would have been worse the last three years if Kirk Cousins was the quarterback. A, because he's clearly been much better than Sam Darnold, and B, because they would have been able to keep those three second-round picks that they ended up trading away. He also says Le'Veon Bell. Again, you're talking about a situation where you have to put it all into context, but Le'Veon Bell at the time was the only elite playmaker on the open market in a year where we all agreed that Sam Darnold desperately needed some help. So the question was, do you want to pony up a few bucks for Le'Veon Bell, or do you want to get a third-tier receiver and hope that you hit on something in the draft? So yes, it didn't work out. I would say part of that was Gase. Part of it was Bell wasn't as explosive as he had been before. But I understand the thinking at the time, no question. C.J. Mosley, 
I liked getting C.J. Mosley. I thought he was overpaid, but this is kind of a cheap shot because who on earth would have thought that C.J. Mosley would have had a freak injury and that there would have been a global pandemic that would have kept him out for the better part of two years? Mosley had never missed a game in Baltimore, and he was one of the best inside linebackers in the sport in the prime of his career. So that, to me, is kind of a weird one to throw in there because it implies hindsight that would be impossible to have. Tremaine Johnson... There's another one, solid corner, one of the top 10 to 15 at the time in the league. I don't think people were doing cartwheels about it, but we all mostly liked it just because we knew the Jets desperately needed a corner. I think the contract was terrible. We all said that at the time that it was a crazy amount of money that Mike McCagnan guaranteed Tremaine Johnson, but they needed a corner, so... At least that would have given him an upgrade. I don't think anybody thought that Tremaine Johnson was going to be as bad as he turned out to be. And Brett Favre. They traded for Brett Favre, didn't sign him. But absolutely, that was the right move. Yes, I was for it at the time, and I'll still defend it. There's no question it was the right move. Chad Pennington looked completely washed after 2007. Brett Favre was the runner-up in the MVP voting the year before. He looked great. He had been playing really well. And so with the team that the Jets had that was ready to win, you bring in Favre, and all of a sudden now you're a real contender, which they were, by the way, until Favre blew out his shoulder. He ended up playing through the injury without telling anybody, and that's why he was so bad down the stretch, and that's why they didn't end up making the playoffs when it won one point they were actually the odds on favorite to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC but for a guy who had never missed a game in his career there's no way that you would have expected something like that to happen you don't plan on that when you make a deal but there are so many other moves that the Jets have made over the years that were great whether it was a trade or a free agent signing I was talking to you Chris Curtis Martin would be a perfect example they had to give up a first round pick and pay a lot of money for Curtis Martin who is an established star he came in here and built on his legacy and turned into one of the greatest running backs of all time Kevin Mawai would be another example the Jets brought him in as a high profile player from Seattle and he comes in here and becomes one of the greatest centers of all time and now now he's going to the Hall of Fame. How about Eric Decker, who the Jets spent a lot of money on out of Denver? There were some people that said, oh, I don't know. He might be a product of the system. It's just because of Peyton Manning. He came in here and was excellent for the Jets. Brandon Marshall, they traded a fifth-round pick to get him. He came in here and gave the Jets one of the best seasons any wide receiver has ever given them. So the examples you gave are not telling the full story, and I would argue that a fair amount of them are very defensible if not outright not a mistake anyway. And when you look at all of that, I don't think that it even really relates to Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott because, again, you're talking about quarterbacks that are in their prime and both of whom are at least top 10. In Deshaun Watson's case, you're talking about top 5, but in Dak's case, top 10. Now, if you want to tell me that you're afraid of Dak Prescott's injury... I would defer to the doctors on that. If the doctors were comfortable with it, then I'm fine with it. But other than that, the opportunity to get a top 10 quarterback in his prime or even better, an elite top five quarterback like Watson in his prime doesn't seem to have much to do with any of the guys that you just listed to me. And also, like I said, if a freak injury or a global pandemic were to rob Deshaun Watson of two years of his career, you don't not trade for a guy because you're anticipating something strange like that happening. Yeah, so I, I I have a lot of a lot of takes on this. Uh, I'll start just going through the names. Uh, yes, I was for Le'Veon Bell uh, I, at the time. All the reasons you said there weren't wide receivers available. They needed a playmaker for Sam Darnold, 
he wasn't the player that he once was, but a uh, combination Gase could have used him a lot more as receiver. The offensive line was such a mess. It, it looked bad anyway, but um, yeah, I was for that. CJ Mosley, no one was pushing for that because none of us thought that uh, there wasn't a single person that thought he was leaving the mm-hmm. Ravens until all of a sudden McCagnan put that offer out there. Uh, but yeah, I was for, for it at the time. I, same thing as you. I said, yeah, this is an overpay, but that's what you have to do to get players like CJ Mosley. Um, also, this, the, yeah, he had he had the groin injury. Then he tried to play through it, which that was the biggest mistake. If they didn't try to play him through it, he would have been able to come back that year. And then this year, uh, okay, he he sat out because of COVID. But are you real? I've seen a lot of fans. Are you really upset with that? Like, what difference would that have made over this season? Uh, it just. <laughs> It just pushes his contract a little bit further. Um, but if he comes back this year, then then cool. Who cares? Like, what? Why does anybody uh, bothered that he wasn't around? Like, they, they it would have made no difference with how bad that team was last year. Um, Kirk Cousins. I was very anti Kirk Cousins, and that was even that was hard for me because I was very tempted. Uh, about that draft class. I wanted those draft picks, but I was against uh, Kirk Cousins. And as you mentioned, there's no way to know exactly how it would have unfolded because does McCagnin and Bulls still get their job? What else? Who do they draft with those draft picks that they traded uh, to the Colts? How much better is that team? I think it's indisputable that the Jets would have had a better record over these last few years with Kirk Cousins as at quarterback than Sam Darnold, <clears throat> but we might not have, uh, you, you know, it probably doesn't lead to Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. Uh, it probably do- also doesn't lead to Adam Gase ever getting a job here, but maybe McCagnin's still the GM. There's so many uh, weird uh, uh, dominoes playing out there, but yeah, I, I was against that uh, at the time, but I completely understood all the reasons for it and it made sense. Tremaine Johnson, Again, uh, at the time, everyone knew that his play had slipped uh, over a couple the previous years. But A, Denard Wilson was here at a time when he was really great with the Rams. So I kind of deferred to if Denard Wilson thinks he can get the most out of him. We all knew it was an overpay at the time. Again, that's what free agency is. You almost always have to do that. I'll point this out, though. This year, it might be different with so many teams a little more cap strapped. With the salary cap coming down, you might be able to get more value. But generally, you have to overpay in free agency. That's how it works. And then, of course, you do the Brett Favre trade. <clears throat> the Brett Favre trade, as you point out, was working until he got hurt. Um, but here's the thing. Number one, the reason why I hate these types of questions and arguments is all I hear is, Oh, these other moves didn't work, so why bother trying any move ever again, ever? Because these other moves didn't work, so no other moves in the future can ever work. Uh, it just feels like no matter what I say, names you throw out to people who come up with these questions, they're going to have, oh, but this didn't work, so it, it, it can't possibly ever work. And then look at these five names. Le'Veon Bell, C.J. Mosley, Kirk Cousins, Tremaine Johnson – and I forget how old Brett Favre was at the time, but he was, you know, approaching 40. Um, not which one of these players is anywhere near the talent level and value of 
even Dask Prescott, let alone Deshaun uh, Watson. None of these guys are anywhere near the value. What why, What are we talking about? Uh, C.J. Mosley, Kirk Cousins, Trumaine Johnson as a reason to not trade for Deshaun Watson? Uh, what kind of sense does that make? Uh, Deshaun Watson, again, a top five quarterback. If you did that hypothetical redraft, fancy redraft, he'd be the number two pick in the entire thing. But you don't want to trade for him because they signed Trudeau Johnson and it didn't work? I'm with you, Chris. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, especially since we can name a whole bunch of moves that were made along those lines that did work. It's cherry picking to be charitable, and it has nothing to do with Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Fabi Wabi. He says, do you envision the Jets spending a day three pick on a kicker? And dare I ask, do you have a favorite kicker available in this draft? Hashtag kickers are people too. No, I don't have a favorite kicker in this draft. I'm not even going to attempt to pretend that I do. But if they do have a kicker they like, I wouldn't be against picking one in the sixth or seventh round like they did with Braden Mann last year because they've had kicker problems for quite a while, ever since Nick Folk left. And if you can solve that by using a sixth or seventh round pick, why not? You're only going to typically get a special teamer or a depth player in that spot anyway. Might as well try to solve your kicker problem for the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah, I said it at the time when they uh, drafted Brandon Mann last year. I'm all in favor of using those sixth, seventh round draft picks on punters or kickers. If you see a guy you like and you think he can be your kicker or punter for the next 10 years, you know, it's, this isn't, uh, I'm not saying like the, the old Ron Wolf strategy of quarterbacks where you just keep drafting them every year. You got Brandon man last year, so you're good on it this year. But yeah, if you see somebody that you think can be a kicker for your team, yes, Please spend that six-round pick. Other because yeah, occasionally you'll get a six-round pick comes through and turns himself, you know, a, a late-round pick, uh, undrafted free agent, uh, Damon Snacks, Harrison, uh, Richard Sherman. These guys do exist, but your likelihood of uh, hitting on a kicker in the sixth round is much greater than your likelihood of any other position in the sixth round. Um, if you have the confidence in them, you take them, and now you have the peace of mind. We don't have to worry about this for the next few years. Uh, I'm all for that as opposed to just trying to get somebody you hope can be a bottom-of-the-roster depth piece guy. <clears throat> you can go find another one of those in the seventh round or in the undrafted market. Uh, go ahead and take that, uh, take that kicker, absolutely. As far as um, – the specific kickers I have in mind, the uh, dr- mock draft simulators that, I, that I've been using don't actually list the kickers, so I don't have a single kicker name for you right now. Um, but I, I'm, I'm all for it. I know last year, uh, you know, it was the Georgia kicker that the Colts got and it didn't work. It wasn't so great, uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I'm all for it. If you, it, it. Now, you have to – like the guy i'm not just saying just pick any kicker but if there's somebody you like there i i love using the sixth and seventh round picks for those positions that's gonna wrap up part two of the mailbag don't forget to follow chris on twitter at c nimbly and at jets insider and read his very big deal work over at jetsinsider.com lots of great content coming your way this week 
on Play Like a Jet. We're going to get into more of the offseason roundtables. Tomorrow, we're going to talk quarterbacks in the 2021 draft. Going to be a lot of that as we start heading towards the NFL draft. But this is a little bit of a sneak preview of some things that we're going to do later on after free agency. A preliminary look at the quarterbacks that the Jets are going to be choosing from in the 2021 NFL Draft tomorrow, plus more free agency preview coming later in the week, courtesy of Michael Nania. We'll do some news and much, much more. Don't miss any of it, and don't miss what's happening on March 1st. Still not going to let the cat out of the bag on that one, keeping my lips zipped, but trust me, you are really going to enjoy it. So, Write this down, March 1st. Remember, big day, it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you're having a lot of fun listening to this podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review on iTunes. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.